Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. I'm your host Charlie and today we have a co-hosted episode with Susan Neal. Susan is a registered nurse with a master's degree in health science and unfortunately Susan lost her health when she approached the age of 50 and, and traditional methods of medicine did not really aid with her rehabilitation and so Susan really took matters into her own hands and used her own medical knowledge and the bible as well to actually help nurse her back to being the fittest and healthiest version of herself. So it's a really interesting episode where we discuss all sorts about how you can wean yourself off processed foods and sugars, how you can find your your why. So why do you need to make these decisions to become a healthier version of yourself? We discuss how we can make a sustainable change rather than it being a temporary diet. So lots of interesting stuff to cover. Make sure you stick around till the end because there's lots of value in this one. But before we begin, a massive thank you to our sponsor, Shape. Shape are building Shape Scale, a 3D body scanning scale that is awesome. You simply step on the device and a robotic arm spins all around your body, capturing all sorts of body data. It then syncs that data to your phone and via the app, you'll see a photorealistic avatar of your body. So you can see it from all different angles, which is awesome because obviously it's often hard to uh, visualize your body from behind, for example. And you'll also get the data such as your body fat percentage, your lean muscle mass and your muscle girth measurements. So you'll be able to really paint a clear picture as to how how you're progressing, which will enable you to get to your fitness goals faster. So check it out at shapescale.com. But now let's get into the show and welcome Susan Neal to 20 Minute Fitness. So Susan, welcome to the show. Firstly, a big thank you. It's going to be a really great chat we have with you today. So yeah, once again, a massive thank you. I think what I'd first like to start with is if you could give us a bit of a um, background to yourself and your experience, and then we'll sort of get into the conversation as we go on. Okay. Well, I'm an RN. I have an MBA and also a master's in health science. And I've been a certified yoga teacher for over 20 years. I also have written seven healthy living books, uh, two of them on yoga and four of them basically on how to get off sugar and carbs and overall improve your health, weight and diet. Amazing. And that's something I definitely want to touch on a lot as well as obviously we know that it can be difficult to stick to, or change our lifestyles for the better with regard to our nutrition. So I think that'll be a, a strong theme throughout the podcast. And I'm very interested to hear what you had to say on that. But I think what I first wanted to touch on really is that obviously from your background, it's amazing to hear that uh, you used your own practices really to get yourself back to being fit and healthy when you um, came to the age of 50. And I think if you could give our audience a bit of background as to that period of your life and what you went through and then the procedures you put in place to nurse yourself back to health. And that'll be very interesting. Okay. So uh, at 40, uh, for 49 years, I had great health. And then at, at the age of 50, I lost my health. I had 10 medical diagnoses and two surgeries. And it was all from, it stemmed from an abscessed tooth. And oh, I had uh, depression, ovarian cysts, hole in my retina, candida infection of my gut, vitamin D low. I mean, just uh, one thing after another. Wow. Yeah. And my health declined. The doctors, you know, put me on adrenal fatigue vitamins, uh, hormone 
cream, this, that, the other. They did the two surgeries and then they were like, um, you know, that's all we could do for you. Mm. So I started looking, I'm a nurse and I started looking at uh, different alternative methods. I tried acupuncture, massage, but the one that uh, was effective was I had a colonic irrigation, which is like a royal enema because my stools changed after they had put me on antibiotics and steroids when I had my emergency root canal. And the colonic therapist found that I had a candida infection of my colon. And candida is a yeast and it grows uh, normally, uh, and, you know, in or on our body. But when you take antibiotics, that kills the good guys, your good gut buddies, probiotics in your gut, and it allows the bad guys to take over. Okay. And some of those bad guys could lead to an autoimmune disease. It could lead to leaky gut. And then for me, it led to a candida infection. I went to my internal medicine doctor and he did not know how to treat a candida infection. I had to research on my own to figure it out. You have to. Candida loves sugar, carbs, refined carbohydrates and alcoholic beverages. It loves the sugar. It takes over your appetite. And so you have to you have to starve it. And you starve it by going on an anti-candida diet, cutting out all the white sugar, white flour, white rice, even fruits. I had to do that for eight months, go on a candida cleanse, and then I finally got my health back. It's amazing that um, you you obviously had to, well, firstly, that had to be led up to you, really, in order for you to get your health back on track. And then obviously that you did manage to discover a a way, a technique to to actually nurse yourself back to health. Did you struggle with the the first eight months? I I presume there was a sort of a transition period where you're cutting out all of these processed foods and your body is just craving them. Oh, yes, it was very hard. It took a a lot of self-control and and I would take, I'd have one good day and then I'd have three bad days and then I'd have two good days and I'd have one bad day. You know, it was like a step forward, three bad days. You just don't know if you're ever going to get your health back, if you're ever going to feel good again. So, you know, my heart was just, you know, compassionate to others. And that's why I wrote uh, the book, Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates, because I know how difficult it is to fight those cravings. Yes, yes, I think we we all really do, don't we? How, and you in particular, obviously, having to completely strip them out of your diet. What clicked for you then that allowed you to go from this yo-yo period of maybe being good for one, two days and then having a bad day to actually having sustainable change to your your lifestyle and your nutrition and your approach to the food you intake? Well, you know, I did not realize how wonderful it was to be healthy until I lost my health. Mm. And once I lost my health, I was like, I'll do anything to get this back. And once I gained knowledge and I understood what was taking over my appetite, then it was like, okay, I've got this basically, you know, this bad back, this bad yeast in my gut. I'm going to kill that guy and I'm going to get my life back. So you have to figure out the root cause of your problem and then and gain knowledge to be able to turn things around. And so I created a quiz for people to see if they do have a candida infection of their of their gut. It's called candyquiz.com and candy is spelled C-A-N-D-I quiz.com. 
And what have you found then that the the root cause, obviously it does differ to, depending on the person, but what's the root cause you found for the majority of people? Is it a lack of knowledge? Is it that there's on their half that on their behalf they're not really putting 110% into it is it because they're not realizing the why of how why it's so important to be healthy well you you hit it on the nail with the lack of knowledge you know because okay it used to be the low fat diet was the style and now it's the keto diet and they're totally opposite and which one is right I know. it so- changes every day doesn't it <laughs> Yes. So you've got you've got to get to a, a great resource. So I'm an RN. I have a master's in health science who who looks at the research articles to figure out what is the right way to eat. And it's basically back to the garden, back to the garden, the farm, the ranch. You want things to look like they did when it came out of the garden. So number one was lack of knowledge. Number two was like me, a candida infection. The third root cause for potentially not eating appropriately or well is an addiction, a sugar addiction, because sugar and wheat uh, go up to like the brain receptors in our brain that are the same ones that opiate drugs go to. Mm -hmm. So they've done MRI imaging and somebody who um, has a food addiction can look at food in those same areas light up in the MRI as they do for a cocaine addict. So if you gain knowledge and understand, okay, I have a food addiction, then you can say, you know what, I can use other tactics to release that feel good neurohormone from my brain, which is dopamine. I can walk, I can do yoga, I can meditate, I can um, hug my kids, I can pet my dogs. There's so many ways to get out there and get those endorphins released positively instead of through food. Definitely. And I think exercise, as you mentioned, gone through then is it's such an important one that you really do get a sense not necessarily as you are exercising but the feeling afterwards when your, your dopamine's released it, it does really give you a, a rush a therapeutic feeling so i think that's uh you've, you've hit the nail on the head as well there yes and you see once you gain the knowledge and and i have a um, links in my book where you can go and take tests to see if you do have a food addiction and yet once you understand it like i understood that i had to fight the candida you get to the root cause well then it, it's not a matter of self control. It's a matter of curing the root cause. And once you cure that, then you can get your normal appetite back and have your self-control. So the the fourth reason was an emotional connection with food. And many of us do have an emotional connection with food. And, you know, we may stuff our emotions with food, uh, um, just stuff our anger or a hole in our heart, or we have unforgiveness or resentment or whatever it may be. And so I have an area in my book about cleaning out your emotions. By this, then, are you talking about really distinguishing between emotional hunger and true hunger when you're actually having a sort of of hunger pang because you're craving and when you actually are or legitimately need to fuel your body. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, and or you may eat because of stress or you may eat because of boredom. Mm-hmm. So versus physiologically, it's been three hours. It takes three hours for your stomach to empty. So if you're eating again and it's been less than three hours and you've eaten a full meal, your body does not need that food. Yes. And I think that's something that uh, my family would say that I, I even struggle with myself. I, I tend to eat too quickly as well. Don't let my body register that I have had enough. I'm satiated and then I'll be looking for the, the next meal later on when I, I know that really if I do think about it, sit there and think about it, that I don't need this next meal or next snack or whatever it may be. Right. 
Right. Do you practice mindful eating then? Because obviously that's another big topic that is discussed a lot in the health and fitness world, really being present while we eat and appreciating the food that we're actually taking in to then allow us to understand that that that's what we, that's all we need. That's we need to savour each of the different, the taste, the different senses that goes into food. Do you yourself follow mindful eating? Yes, I try. And I also, you, you need to become aware of when you begin feeling the sensation of fullness and you need to stop there and you need to, you know, just wait, dine, talk with whom you're at at the table. And it, it takes a little while for your brain receptors to get the message from your stomach that you are full. So if, like you say, if you dine, if you wait, if you take your time, if you do the mindful eating, then the brain gets the message and you don't eat as large of a quantity. And if you don't eat as large of a quantity, you, you get less calories. I mean, it just, you know, weight would just kind of naturally go off of you. Exactly, exactly. And as I said, that's what I really need to start doing. And it's something that, for example, if I'm relating it to my personal life, my sister is very good at. She, we always, uh, you know, joke that she's the slowest eater in our family. and We're always waiting for her, but she is appreciating her food. She's taking time. She's enjoying everyone's company whilst I'll probably be rushing to get some, some seconds when I know I don't need it. So I think that's a great, almost one of the first or steps to, to acknowledge, yeah, as you said, acknowledging when you are full and allowing your brain to understand when you are satiated. Right. And one of the tips is like, let's say you go to a restaurant and they serve you a huge quantity. Well, what would be a good idea is get your to-go box even at the beginning or else on your, you know, and then put yeah. a portion away or or even on your plate, just say, I'm not going to eat this much because because this other amount is large enough for me. And there you're mindfully deciding that I'm going to stop at an appropriate amount of food. How do we overcome the problem of our eyes being bigger than our stomachs as well? <laughs> um, well, one thing is to drink more water. So if you are hungry and it's been less than three hours since your last meal, drink two eight ounce glasses of water. Many, many times you will be completely satiated at that point because you are actually craving water and not food. And we, we get it in our brain. We, we don't have it clear. So, uh, you know, list how many glasses of water you, you know, count them in your mind or do little hash marks on something. Count how many glasses. And before you go to eat the next time, drink two glasses of water and see if you're not hungry then for another hour or so. I think that's a great idea. And yeah, it's, it's something I think that a lot of people don't understand or don't acknowledge how much we really should be drinking each day. And it's something that, especially if we're exercising, obviously exercise is an important part of mind your life. And we understand that staying hydrated is so important. But I know from just my experiences that you, you often do see people exercising hard and then not rehydrating. Right. And that's harmful for our bodies to get into that um, state of dehydration. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, it's Martin, one of the showrunners of 25th. And I wanted to thank our sponsor, Tono, the smart at home gym with a built-in personal trainer that replaces every machine in the weight room. Have you ever thought when getting home after a long day, whoa, I wish I could get in a great workout right here, right now at home 
without going to the gym. Well, I'm here to tell you that with Tonal, this is entirely possible. Since we've got our Tonal installed, my workouts have never been more convenient, but also they've been a perfect replica of going to a gym. There are tons of well thought through classes and a huge library of exercises that allow you to build your own custom workouts. The workouts that I've done so far included exercises like goblet squats, sumo deadlifts, bicep curls, lat pull downs, seat rows, but also various bodyweight exercises and stretches in between my sets, like push-ups, mountain climbers, jump lunges, squat stretches, among many others. In the program that I'm currently on, which is the can't resist eccentric one, there are typically four sets per exercise and eight to 15 reps, depending on whether it's a compound lift, like a deadlift, or a targeted exercise, like a bicep curl. Um, but you can switch it really to whatever rep count you want it to be. That's how customizable tonal is. And are you now wondering how great tonal workouts must be? Well, you can find out now by taking a 30 days risk-free trial when you visit www.tonal.com for $100 off of the smart accessories when you use promo code 20FIT at the checkout. That's 20FIT, 20FIT. And that's www.tonal.com. Promo code 20FIT. Tonal, be your strongest. So obviously, um, Susan, I don't want to take, steal all the, the little tips and tricks and techniques you have in your book, but if you could give us a few of the steps, not maybe just uh, scanning over them, how if, I, if I'm a carb fiend, I love them, I can't get away from carbs, how can I start putting into practice some techniques or some lifestyle changes to help wean myself off carbs? And just to clarify, are we talking purely sort of processed white carbs in, in this context? Yes, it's, it, it, it is. The, the refined carbohydrates is what I'm talking about. And, and the, you know, yeah. natural brown rice or quinoa. I mean, those carbs are baked potato. Those, those are fine, but potato chips are not. So, right. Cause one's processed and one is not one appears to come out of the garden. The other one does not. So the first step is for you to, is for you to decide because nobody can make this decision for you. But if you want to improve your health, you want to improve your weight, your well-being decide to do it. Number two is to acquire knowledge. Get the information, read. And once you have knowledge and you understand, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, I had, I had no idea how much uh, glyphosate was on, you know, so many different types of product, you know, it's like in corn, wheat, and soy, and oats, at least it is in the United States. So, so, because they're Roundup Ready crops. So so once you gain knowledge, it's kind of like, well, I'll just buy organic oats or certified gluten-free oats, you know, just as long as you you know. So you need to gain the knowledge. And then you want to clean out. You want to clean out the pantry, the refrigerator, your emotions. And I created uh, on my website, my website is Susan U. Neal, that's N-E-A-L dot com, is a seven days to reboot your metabolism. And it's a free gift there. And what it starts with is one, just start taking a daily probiotic. Uh, Two, get off of the sweetened drinks and just start drinking water 
and your one or two cups of caffeinated beverage. And then, you know, it goes on from from day to day exactly what you need to do, exactly what you need to wean yourself off of day by day in a slow, systematic process. And at the end of that seven days, you gain clarity of mind, your energy increases, you feel so much better. But what we need to do is we need to make this a lifestyle change. Not a, this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle change to improve your health and well-being for the rest of your life so that our bodies can carry us through this life gracefully. And that's and that's as we've discussed right at the start, sometimes the difficult bit, isn't it? That people see these changes as a temporary diet rather than a sustainable change to their lifestyle and to their nutritional choices. So the the key thing for you then is really that we need to, as a population, educate ourselves to fully understand the damage that can be caused or the the negative influence that processed non-refined goods, uh, foods or refined foods, sorry, can can have. Right, right. And what happens like with white flour, it's whole, whole wheat flour has has all the nutrients in it and it, and it gets, it goes rancid after some time. But white flour, white rice, they were stripped of its nutrients. Anything with white flour, all of the nutritional content has been removed. So it can sit on the shelf for months and months. So that gives us no nutrition for our body. And then we're starving. We're starving for vitamins mm. and minerals. And so we're desiring more food. So you're 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 ingesting empty calories where you're actually taking in the, the calories, which obviously inevitably mean you could uh, if you're eating too many put on weight but you're not getting any nutritional benefit from them yes not mm. uh, not ideal at all and i think yeah that's just uh, hearing it even from this conversation with you it's something that i know i need to get better at i i do try and make a conscious effort to have products like quinoa as we've, just, as we've said more often than white processed foods and we've, all, we've even touched on in the podcast not just carbs but processed meats and as you've said there is significant difference between foods that are organic from the garden, don't have synthetic processes going into them uh, compared to the, the, the processed goods. Right, right. And, and, you know, we have to understand that food companies, they're out to make a profit. So the, mm-hmm. the items in the boxes and the bags in the center of the grocery stores, avoid them. Go to your fro- fruit and produce section. That's where you want to buy your foods, most of them. Exactly. And what I'd also be interested in is you obviously complement that your, your nutrition with your physical activity and yoga has been a big part of your life, th- over 30 years experience. How do they go hand in hand? How have they helped each other, your yoga and your physical activity and your approach to your nutrition? Well, the yoga just keeps your body refined and the muscles uh strong and taunt and 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 so and it keeps you flexible so throughout it's like I look probably a decade younger than I am because of the yoga and the way I eat but with the yoga it keeps your sign your spine supple and straight and your posture tall and erect 
And that just gives you um, a better overall look of well-being. So every morning I try and get up and do a little bit of meditation. It's usually 15 minutes, but maybe it's only five because the meditation is also, um, it, it is like exercise for your brain. And then after that, I just do 10 minutes of uh, yoga stretches, you know, just 10 minutes worth in the in our busy morning, just get your day started right, get your mind straight, get your body and it just uh, brings your body, your mind and your spirit all in connection, decreases anxiety and stress. So you accompany that with the good nutrition, eating organic fruits, vegetables, meats that are also organic, then you've got a great combination. Exactly. And I actually have a roommate at the moment that has started to do what I think is a very good morning routine. And I haven't yet joined him. He wakes up, has a glass of water, does some stretching and some meditation. And then he writes down five ideas that he not necessarily connected to a business ideas, but just five ideas or five points that he feels like they, they could be developed into something else. So I think that's just a, a great way to start your day, starting with some writing, some, some meditation, some physical activity to awaken your body and connect everything. And I've known for a long time now that I should start doing more yoga, more stretching. I've done a lot of rugby and sort of physical, like a high impact sports in the past, run some half marathons, some fell running, and I've actually now felt the consequences of it. I've had a, I've had a MRI about about two weeks ago, and I've got a at the age of well, nearly twenty four degenerative left meniscus and a torn Baker's cyst, which at my age I should not be having. And I think it's time to really start incorporating some lower impact activities that are still very good for my body and my um, muscle tissue, and just really focusing on what am I trying to say here? Focusing on yeah, keeping everything intact and, and thinking about the future rather than just uh, throwing myself into a, a sport or a, anything else without any proper consideration to warming up properly. Right, right. And yoga will, you know, give you great stretches and it's it's a, a much more gentle form of exercise. But believe me, it's not for wimps because it can be difficult. And for you with your injury, it may take a good six months for that to heal. You know, our bodies were programmed to heal. So you just need to give it time and be gentle with it. Allow it to heal. Funny enough, I've actually, yeah, that's the, the time I've been quoted, six months until I'm allowed to do any sort of impact sport. And um, I went to a Pilates class, which obviously is has its differences to yoga, but it has uh, shares, I feel, some similarities. And obviously, probably quite um, obnoxiously went in thinking I'd absolutely be absolutely fine. <laughs> and I actually really struggled. Yeah, I really struggled. <laughs> right. It's not for wimps, is it? No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's so and it's so interesting when you go to like a, a yoga class, you don't think about anything else. You are there present in the moment and all your worries drift away. It is wonderful. And so I've also written um, a book, Yoga for Beginners. So 60 basic there yoga poses. There we go. Maybe I should start uh, start incorporating it and jo joining my friend's morning routine. Yeah. I think that'll be a good uh, good way for me to start. And obviously then I can update people on the podcast how it's going. That would be great. Another just refining our, or returning our conversation to nutrition. And one thing I wanted you to elaborate on is you say that you, you sort of want to help people master their palate through a biblical approach. Could you tell us a bit more about what you mean by this? Okay. In addition to my book, Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates, I also wrote the book, Christian Study Guide 
for seven steps to get off sugar and carbohydrates. Healthy eating for healthy living with God's foods. So it's about gaining healing in your heart from whatever, you know, traumatic event, situation. You know, life is full of hardships. So I wrote this book because my readers needed something deeper uh, to heal from emotional wounds. Because if they're, if they're, eating habits are connected to their emotions. Like I said, until you get understand what your root cause is and heal your root cause, it, it's difficult to have the self-control. But once you gain healing, then you can master your palate. Hmm. So, so why do you think, it's probably a hard question, but why, it will differ depending on the, the, the person, but why when we are hurting emotionally, is there often quite a connection between the stress or feelings of anger, sadness, and us wanting to use food to comfort us, do you think? Maybe it could be because at some point when you had the, the situation or whatever occurred, food comforted you at that time. And you, you know, mm -hmm. you would just okay. get your ice cream and just get the spoon and the whole, the whole container. And, and that's what comforted you. So I'm not sure how exactly. But you connect that with your current situation. If it's a, uh, if you've moved on from that past trauma you've had and then something else you've experienced and you remember what you did in that time and that was sort of connected with that experience. And then it just carries on throughout your life. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a, a difficult one. As you said, you do need to find, and that's why to, to eliminate the emotional hunger when it's not actually a hunger trigger you're experiencing but a non-trigger hunger you're experiencing it's you do need to move on from the other experience in your life that or, or heal from that experience in your life that's not connected with your food and stop um, associating them together right right yeah it's like a trigger so you're triggered by something from an emotion previous in your life and then you had, you know, calmed down that emotion through eating food, and then you're going to repeat it and do it again. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, just a sort of holistic healing then in a way, really yeah. making sure not just your nutrition, but your physical well-being, your activity, your mental state, everything is nursed back to health, and, and you're ready to move on to a new stage in your life yes because we're you know we're body mind spirit soul you know we we are calm emotions we are complex individuals and we need to look at you know like you said a holistic approach look at the entire individual exactly the, the the sort of final point i wanted to really discuss with you here is obviously we're now three months into the new year and people will have set themselves physical activity goals nutrition goals and obviously we often find that we, we don't end up achieving these goals when we reflect on our year going forward now how do you think people can ensure that not necessarily that they take off all of their goals but they've just progressed from the previous year and are happy with the results because it can lead to a you know a feeling of just just despair really if we don't manage to hit our goals year on year so how can we finally sort of get to a stage where we're happy with the progress we're making when we're setting ourselves these personal development goals well in in my book seven steps to get off sugar and carbohydrates i say go by the 80 20 percent rule 80 percent of the time eat well 20 percent of the time eat what you want and if you do this, you will probably be eating better than what you did before. But you don't want a noose around your neck. You don't want to feel like every time you do have that potato chip or whatever it is that you have failed. So give yourself grace. 
is what I say. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah. We can't be perfect. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure as well, I'm sure you'll, you, you, you sometimes slip up with the way, well, not slip up, we don't, really, we don't really want to call it a slip up, but I'm sure you do follow yourself, the 80-20, where you allow yourself a bit more flexibility 20% of the time. I'm probably more 90-10. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Recently, I found out that I was gluten sensitive. I don't know if you're having that situation there in England, but we most definitely are in the United States where so many different people are having a gluten sensitivity. So I've really had to curb anything with wheat in it and gluten. How's that transition been? Well, I'll tell you what, it's just, it gives me again, more energy and clarity of mind, but it's been very difficult to figure out all the different foods that contain gluten, like tam tamari or soy sauce or toothpaste or chapstick, salad dressings, wow. etc. So I, I wrote another book and it's called Solving the Gluten Puzzle because it's hard to figure out if you have a gluten sensitivity and then it's hard to figure out how to go gluten free. Yes. Yeah. I'm, luckily, I, well, obviously I feel as if I don't have any gluten sensitivity. However, I understand just from a number of friends that it can be difficult, especially when eating out or or even in some supermarkets, it's, it's, it's difficult to find products that are suitable for you. Yes, and it's very interesting that celiac disease has increased 400% in the past 50 to 60 years. Wow. Yes, it's uh, it's definitely, I've seen um, gluten sensitivity. I've definitely, as you said, in the US, I've seen a rise just from personal experience and my, my circle of people that are making the connection between gluten and any bloating they might have or anything like that. So I definitely have seen a sort of a, a spurge in the numbers as well. Right. Well, Susan, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. And I think one of the big takeaways from this is obviously that we as a population of people need to educate ourselves in order to find out our real why as to why we need to assess our nutrition, our, our lifestyles going forward to then make sustainable changes that will inevitably make us fitter, healthier versions of ourselves. And the first way to do that, as you said, is really to decide to do it and then to learn and understand the problem to find our root why. That's right. Thank you very much indeed. It was really, really interesting talking to you and hopefully we'll be able to get you on the show again in the future. And uh, just uh, I'll, I'll give you some updates on my yoga and how that's um, been helping me. And it'll be great to just um, dive further into this with you. Thank you so much, Charlie. I appreciate you having me. Thank you indeed. And have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Well, that concludes today's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Susan, thank you once again for coming on the show. Lots of useful tips and tricks there. And I think really the, the core thing, as I've said, to take away is that we need to educate ourselves why nutrition and physical well-being is so important. We need to consider it from a holistic standpoint, not just our physical health, but our, our mental state as well. And we really need to decide to do it and make these changes. So thank you very much, Susan. Obviously, you've got loads of really helpful resources. So I strongly recommend all of our listeners going to check out her website, Susan U. Neal, and seeing all the awesome resources there that could benefit you. Resetting your metabolism, buying the book on how to wean yourself off processed carbs and sugars. Lots of very valuable stuff that's going to help you on your fitness journey. So check it out and make sure you catch us real soon for the next episode of 20 Minute Fitness.